What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. That's David Lake. Coming to you for the first time, really, uh, in a while. Um, I guess we talked after the Independence Bowl, that loss for the Miami game, but uh, a lot has happened here uh, in a short amount of time. David, first off, how you doing? Doing well. Um, you know, lots happened since that Independence Bowl debacle. We are in offensive coordinator search mode, and you were all week at the Under Armour All-American game. So we got plenty to talk to talk about. So let's get it started. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't even. I was driving back from Orlando this morning. We're taping this on Friday, and I, I honestly had no idea what day it was. Um, everything's kind of running together here. So. Uh, you mentioned the offensive coordinators, so let's kind of get into that. Um, some names have started to surface as potential candidates. The big one that's out there, and we wrote about this on the site uh, early Friday morning at Miami.247sports.com, is SMU's Rhett Lashley. Um, from what we've gathered, Miami has, or I should say Manny Diaz, has at least made contact with Rhett. Um, Rhett is a Gus Malzahn protege kind of he, he worked for guys years ago um was at smu this season mustangs averaged 41 points a game uh ran the third most plays out of anyone in the country i think it was like 80 80.2 plays per game so david your initial thoughts on Rhett as a candidate i know you had him on your hot board uh or initial list so so what do you think about manny reaching out to him yeah i think he would definitely bring a style that would excite the Miami fan base. If you want to talk about a guy who would install an offense that, you know, has never really been seen at Miami before in terms of style, I think it would be Rhett Lashley because he does believe in kind of a no huddle, uh, up tempo approach. Um, you know, he's he's basically a Gus Malzahn dis- disciple. So he runs that type of offense that we've seen Malzahn have some success with at Auburn. Uh, it's an offense that does a good job of utilizing a dual-threat quarterback. Um, and it's an offense that you know, puts an emphasis on being balanced with running and throwing the ball. Um, so yeah, I think, as you mentioned, they, they run a lot of plays, too, per game. So I think... If Manny wants to make a statement type hire, they figure out a way to get it done with Rhett Lashley. But, you know, as you alluded to in the article, there's definitely going to be some competition to land a guy like Lashley. Yeah, he's a guy who, um, from what I've kind of gathered, he's got uh, he was coveted by Arkansas. You know, they want new head coach Sam Pittman kind of wanted him to go there, um, and and he didn't really give them much of a chance. And you know, he's a guy who played quarterback for for Arkansas yeah. so that was his alma mater um I believe Texas was also interested so he's kind of looking for the right situation and the right ideal fit and if I'm him I don't really know if Miami's it because if you look at SMU uh SMU is going to return their starting quarterback Shane Bichelle uh, the the former kid at Texas they're going to return three of their top four receivers and some people in Dallas think that um if he stays put and were to have another good offensive campaign, then he's going to have his name uh, in the conversation for some group of five head coaching jobs. So uh, that's kind of the thing to watch there. I know Washington is also involved. You know, the Huskies are looking for a new offensive coordinator. Um, 
And I, from what I've also heard is he's out recruiting right now for uh, SMU. They're, they're trending in the right direction for Preston Stone, uh, who's one of the top 2021 quarterbacks in the, in the class of, uh, for the next cycle. Like SMU seems to be in line to pick up a commitment from him. So um, Miami's going to ha- would have to make a, a pretty good argument for him to want to leave. And I'm not sure if it's it right yeah, now just to come to come save Manny's job. I think too, you know, you look at his trajectory, meaning Rhett Lashley's trajectory as a coach, and he was kind of uh, a definite rising star at Auburn. Um, he was the the offensive coordinator there under Gus Malzahn, you know, as a very, very young coach. Um, he still is young. He's, I think, 40, maybe even younger. I, I forget his exact He's age. 36, 36, I believe. 36. And so, you know, after... Gus Malzahn decided to part ways with Rhett. He had to kind of take a step back in his coaching career. He went down a level to UConn. Then he moved over to SMU. And he's had success with SMU now. And so it is time to maybe think about, okay, how do I make my next move, my next jump up? Whether that is to be a Power 5 offensive coordinator again, or as you alluded to, maybe even a, a group of five head coach. So I think he's going to be picky with his decision. And kind of, as we are both alluding to now, does Miami make sense for that type of jump? I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be tough for Manny to sell Miami's personnel and his ability as a head coach uh, to a rising star type of offensive coordinator, unless Miami is able to gather a ton of money and just throw a ton of money at this problem. So we'll see. Yeah. That's the one thing uh, too. you know, the money could be a factor. And I know our colleague, Chris Stock at inside the U wrote something on Thursday. I think it was about how Manny, when he's going through this interview process is asked, um, different candidates to kind of assess the talent on Miami's roster. And we were going to get into this, I think, later in the podcast. But one thing I want to point out is Miami's offensive talent isn't really what it once was. Um, we've seen Jeff Thomas decide to leave school early and head to the NFL. And um, Lorenzo Lingard announced on Friday that he's going to Florida. And yeah, those guys might not have had much of an impact on the field this season, but those at the end of the day are, I think, Miami's two highest rated offensive uh, uh, players on the roster, according to the 24-7 sports composite. So I think all that's being taken into account. I think the current quarterback situation would be something that uh, Rhett Lashley would have to look into. Um, So that's just kind of my, my thought process on him. I know there was another report that came out there uh, from Barry Jackson and the Miami Herald on, on Friday, David, I was I was driving. So why don't you kind of yeah lead, lead us down that road? So Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald, who's very plugged in to the UM program, he wrote on Friday that Miami's also reaching out and kind of looking at uh, Virginia offensive coordinator uh, Robert Anai, who. You know, I think it would be interesting. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but Virginia's offense to me didn't necessarily set the world on fire. I guess you could make the argument maybe they got the most out of their personnel. Um, 
And you know, look, if if Manny is doing is is reaching out to Coach Anai, that means he was impressed by kind of what Virginia did when they have lined up and played against them uh, during the Bronco Mendenhall era. Um, you know, is is does Virginia run necessarily an up tempo offense? No. Um, I, he does come from the air raid coaching tree. Like he, he did work under Mike Leach at Texas Tech. His background actually is is as an offensive line coach. So that's kind of interesting to see that you know maybe Manny wants a an offensive coordinator that is willing to go spread and has some offensive line background. Um, I think too. It's fair to say maybe this is kind of the level of offensive coordinator that Miami and Manny are going to have to go after for the reasons we kind of alluded to with Rhett Lashley. Like, I don't necessarily think that Miami's offensive coordinator position is going to be super attractive to the first tier of candidates. So maybe Manny's going to have to go to that next tier down which means kind of older, more established coaches or, you know, super young, under-the-radar coaches that are doing it at a group of five level for, you know, one or two years. So, I don't know. What, what is your first impression of Virginia's offense from what you've seen? Well, two things. Um, you mentioned Manny probably not being able to get the tier one guys and I would agree with that. I know uh, a popular name that's been thrown around by fans has been LSU's Joe Brady, um, the young passing game coordinator uh, for the Tigers who's really transformed his, that offense there. He's a South Florida native, and from what I've heard, uh, I've heard it from one person, and I've tried to confirm it from a second person, but uh, Manny did actually indeed reach out to Joe Brady. Uh, and from what I've also heard, it doesn't sound like Joe Brady's going to leave for Miami or, or really anywhere at the college level. You know, Texas also wanted him, but it sounds like he's going to wait um, for the right opportunity as well. So that kind of goes back to what you what we said. I mean, who's going to just come sit, salvage this offense when you know the head coach is on a, a pretty red-hot seat heading into 2020? So in terms of Virginia, what they ran on offense I don't think really aligns with what but Manny said on on 560 about wanting them to uh, push the tempo and right. do something that that they haven't done. Like Rhett Lashley, absolutely, I agree. You know, they, they play fast and everything like that. It seems like Virginia was, and maybe it's just because of, of what they had at, at quarterback and Bryce Perkins, but it seemed like it was, it was almost a ball control offense of sorts. Um, right. right? Like, it's just, I don't know. It, it just... That's not what I was picturing. So that's just kind of my take. But they did. I I, I watched some of that Florida Virginia game. I I thought they moved the ball pretty well, and we know how good Florida's defense is. So we'll see. I mean, maybe that's even catering to what Manny thinks he has on the roster in terms of a quarterback like a Tate Martell. I mean, Bryce Perkins wasn't the best passer out there, uh, but he could move the chain. So that's also something to think and think about. Right, and I I want to make it clear too. Like, even though. Manny and Miami might not be able to get those first-tier sexy offensive coordinator candidates, and maybe they can. Uh, but even if they can't get those kind of guys, it doesn't necessarily mean the guy they're going to get is a bad hire. 
I think if you do go young and up and coming route, you know, it can work out too. Uh, we just won't know as much about the guy, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a bad hire. I do think, you know, he's going to have to get a guy that uh, can do significant work with the quarterback room. And that includes probably bringing in a graduate transfer uh, that can play right away or, or compete right away for a starting job. And so, yeah, I mean, look, a guy like Robert Anai is probably not going to excite the Miami fan base. Doesn't necessarily excite me either, but, um, you know, he does, he does appear to be able to get the most out of his personnel um, at a place like Virginia. And he's had success at BYU in past stops too. So it would be an interesting way to go if, if Manny went that route. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, I think the biggest thing is they got to get someone who's called plays, and I, I think Manny realizes that, and maybe that was one of the issues with Dan Eno. So we'll see how this kind of plays out. Um, I, I would think we'll know within the next week. Yeah. Uh, but that's just that's just speculation. And for everyone that's freaking out, I mean, I don't understand what, what the big rush is, really. The, the recruiting dead period doesn't lift till the 16th. Miami already has its quarterback in place. Like, I guess, um, you know, a new OC allows you to go and start targeting graduate transfer quarterbacks. But I think Manny needs more than anything to get this, this higher right. So if it takes time, it takes time. I agree. I don't think... I think if he does it within the next week, that's plenty of time um, to get things in order to where they need it to be. Let's shift, let's shift gears. Excuse me now to um, some of the some of the recent news since we last taped. Uh, like I said, Lorenzo Lingard headed to Florida. Um, he put his name in the transfer portal. I think it was on Monday. Your initial thoughts? Um, I'm yeah. honestly not that that surprise that he's ending up at Florida. Just what do you think it does for the roster and, and what yeah. does it say about the, the state of the locker room? Well, you know, I think first of all, you, you know, wish Lorenzo the best of luck. He was always a good guy. Uh, it was a tough situation. Um, I think people at Miami will tell or do tell us that really the, it was two things going on with Lorenzo in terms of why he couldn't necessarily live up to the five-star hype uh, from recruiting. Number one, he had an issue learning the playbook and understanding his assignments. And number two, I do think the knee injury impacted him, you know, mentally and physically uh, with his ability on the field. I still think he's an extremely fast player, but a knee injury like that does make you a little hesitant, I think, at times as a running back. And I think the possibility is there that maybe he lost a half a step, uh, which when your game is predicated on speed, straight line speed, because Lorenzo isn't necessarily the type of running back with the most wiggle, the, the most flexibility in space he's kind of a downhill speed type guy hit the crease and go um that can be significant if you lose a half a step so we'll see i mean i think miami uh did 
get some insurance at running back with this early signing period haul of Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton. Um, those are two talented guys. And running back's a position where guys can step in and play right away. Um, I think Cameron Harris is probably going to end up being the lead back next year. And, uh, you know, Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton will get plenty of opportunities too. As, as far as Lingard at Florida, we'll see how that goes. I'm not necessarily convinced he's going to go in there and be highly productive um, for the reasons I said earlier, but I certainly wish him all the best and I hope he proves me wrong. Yeah. Kind of sticking with the theme of running backs. Um, we got DJ Dallas announcing that he's going pro a bit surprising. I think for me just kind of ha- because he was injured, but I think it's a move that makes a ton of sense for him. Yeah, I mean, look, is he a guy that if he came back, is he going to drastically improve his NFL draft stock? Probably not. So why not take a, take the leap and make the best of the situation this year? Um, it certainly is a blow to, to Miami's offense, um, both from a leadership standpoint and an ability standpoint, because he still would have been the best running back on the roster next year. Um but yeah, I mean, look, he's got a family to support now. And so, again, you wish him all the luck and hopefully he does. Uh, he is able to have a NFL career. Do we think this is the last major guy that enters the, the transfer portal or, or are you kind of anticipating some more moves here? Just speculation wise. I would speculate there will be more. Yes. <laughs> Which, which position group do you think? Well, I think quarterback does make a lot of sense. Um, you know, I think at least one of those guys. And I think, I don't think it's crazy to think two or th- all three of those guys could end up in the transfer portal. Um, you know, I don't think necessarily Manny has confidence in any of those guys. And so... I don't think Manny either is afraid to tell guys on his team where they stand in his in his eyes. So if that message is conveyed to the quarterback room, then they probably should look to play elsewhere. Um, you know, and, and too, just there's going to be a coaching turnover probably at the, posi- the assistant position coaches too. And, you know, with that comes new opportunities of starting time and playing time. And, and that will equal guys wanting to look for options elsewhere as well. So look, this is just the new reality of college football transfer portal. Guys are going to use it. And, you know, when it does happen, you wish them the best. And I think that's going to happen definitely more uh, for Miami uh, over the course of the next, you know, eight, nine months before the 2020 season gets ramped up. So we know guys are leaving. There's been been departures. But on the flip side, Miami's also going to work the portal again. I mean, I asked Manny Diaz on uh, signing day or, or during the early signing period about it during his press conference, and he acknowledged that they, they do have a plan. And we're about two weeks removed from that, and, and it seems like they're still kind of waiting um, – to make, to make a move on some guys just because they don't have the offensive coordinator. But we do know that the staff has been doing homework, uh, 
not only on offensive linemen, but quarterbacks. Uh, I can say with confidence that Miami has reached out to Stanford's KJ Costello, um, who started, I think it was like seven games uh, in 2018. I don't know off the top of my head, but um, he's a guy, former Elite 11 quarterback. Uh, I don't know if he would fit a Rhett Lashley system or, or, or whatnot, but he's a right. guy that they, they have spoken with. Um, and the other interesting thing with him is he doesn't graduate until May, which means he's not a mid-year guy. He wouldn't go through spring ball. So um, someone yeah. will probably have options, but he's he's someone that they've reached out to. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a guy I think they should explore. Does he necessarily excite me? No. Is he an upgrade? Maybe. Um, you know, to me, he's the type of guy that if you have a struggling offensive line, is he the right type of quarterback to bring in? I would argue no, because um, he is very much a statue. Like, he's much more of a statue than Jaron Williams. And so. If you put Scary. a guy, if you put a guy like, like to me, he's kind of a, a Brad Kaya type of quarterback. Um, honestly, probably not as good as Brad Kaya, but similar style. Um, and so is that a good fit for Miami who has an offensive line that, you know, isn't good enough? So I would argue, no, if I'm Miami, I go and pursue quarterbacks that can handle uh, dealing with pressure. So guys who can escape from the pocket by time or scramble if they need to. Um, and to me, that guy is more so a Jet Duffy type at Texas Tech uh, who's in the transfer portal and definitely can run around and scramble and is kind of a, a good college quarterback. Um, so if it were me, I would go that route. Um, but, you know, KJ Costello probably is better than the quarterbacks Miami has on its roster right now in terms of consistency and just overall leadership that he would bring to the position, which does matter. Oh, well, I think they're going to get someone regardless. Um, it's just I'm concerned about the timeline because I know Miami starts classes, I think, on the 18th or, 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 or I know move-in days the 12th just because that's what the – early enrollees have told me. So um, we'll see what kind of happens. But uh, you mentioned Jet Duffy. I, I do think he would fit, especially if they go spread. Um, and I've heard from people that are close to him. Uh, there, there, was, there was some interest there from his end in Miami. I don't know if the Hurricanes have actually reached out yet, um, but he's a name to know. Anthony Brown, uh, the Boston College quarterback, he's another guy that's in, a, in the portal, a mobile guy, um, someone that – that I think would check a lot of those boxes, like you said. And then the other one who's probably the most talented kid right now is Jamie Newman, who uh, was uh, Wake Forest starting quarterback. He's also in there. And um, the thing is, just like we're talking with these offensive coordinators, other schools are going to want these guys. And, and, and why would they come to Miami? I mean, LSU seems to be on the market for a graduate transfer quarterback. Oregon is, is on the market for one as well. So, it's really, I don't know if Miami's going to have the, the pick of the litter, if that makes yeah. sense. I mean, there's no doubt that Jamie Newman, who is a stud for Wake Forest this year, 
he would be a phenomenal get for Miami. But he's already being kind of linked, as you alluded to, to Oregon. And so I would just assume that's kind of happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, there's there's also going to be guys probably who shake loose too that, that aren't in the transfer portal yet that Miami should take a look at. And, and I'm all for that because I don't necessarily believe in any of the guys on the roster right now. Anything else you want to hit on in in the portal here real quick? Uh, what about O-linemen? Do you know? I mean, is there anything new going on there? Miami, bring are they going to bring in O-linemen? Um, do they look in a good spot to land any? Again, it's still kind of uh, holding pattern-like, um, but we do know that they have been in, in contact with a few offensive linemen. Uh, I wrote a few days ago, I think it was Colorado State uh, tackle TJ Stormont. He started 12 games at left tackle this past season for the Rams. Um, they've been in contact with him. There, there's a chance he could visit here over the next few weeks. Uh, there's a couple kids from Stanford. Um, but right now, it seems like they want to see what type of offense they're going to run uh, and what they need before they do anything. And I think that's kind of the smart move. I mean, Remember, Stacey Searles recruited Tommy Kennedy last year, and then when Butch Berry came in, it just didn't seem like it was a fit in any way. So I, th- I think you want to get your guys in place before you try to add talent, um, as there's a good chance that there could be uh, there's a high bust rate, especially with the with offensive line in the portal. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I mean, they should explore it, but and an offensive lineman too will want to know what type of offense he's playing in too. So it goes both ways. Right. And then the other guy, um, uh, Jose Borregales, the kicker from FIU, you know, we we teased on the podcast way back when before that FIU game that he might be a guy Miami fans should know. Well, he's in the in the portal. Um, Miami has been in contact. He could actually, I believe, start classes in, in the spring or he could wait till the summer. Um, Miami hasn't set up visit yet or anything like that but i think it could happen i mean he's a former lou groza award winner you know he hit the 250 yard field goals against the hurricanes and that embarrassing loss at marlins park and miami has a holds a commitment from his younger brother andre borgale so um he's he's another one uh when we talk portal that that should be brought up yeah and that makes all the sense in the world you know i don't know again like would manny diaz trust bubba baxa I would hope not. Um, I think it's time to move on from that. The question to me is, do you believe Camden Price can be a field goal kicker that can be counted on to make field goals from you know 30 to 49 yards? Uh, I'm not sure on that, but yeah. I, if it were me, <laughs> I would go get Borigales all day. Absolutely. Uh, we, we already touched on it. I mean, my, Manny's seat is hot. And you lost multiple games because you're kicking game. So go get the best guy you can. If you have to carry two scholarship kickers, yeah. do it. Right. I mean, th- there has been war- more wasted scholarships on this roster at other positions uh, than than kicker. You know, you need to win yeah. games. And if and if Miami runs it back with the same kicking situation and it's the same results in 2020, that's on Manny. And you know, he can't allow that to happen. Absolutely not. So, uh, David, did you catch any of the uh, Under Armour All-American game on Thursday night? I did. I caught a little bit of it. 
you know, it was entertaining. Um, what what were some of your just impressions of of the Miami guys that were in the game? Who would you say impressed you most of the commits that participated? Uh, well, just so we know that people know that Miami did have four signees in the game. I mean, right? I, I did the Sorry. I did the same thing all week too. It's like you want to say commits, 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 and it's like no, everyone signed. Um, well, I guess there was five signees invited. Uh, Chance Williams, the defensive end out of Oakleaf, he wasn't able to participate in anything because he, he broke his forearm. Um, Jalen Knight and the running back out of Deerfield Beach, he went through some some practices, but he didn't dress for the game as he was back down in South Florida following a, a death of a, a, a teammate, Bryce Gowdy. Um, that's a tragic situation going on there, so it absolutely makes sense for him to be there. Uh, for his teammates and that family. So it was three guys on Thursday night. Jalen Rivers, the offensive tackle. Daz Worsham, the wide receiver. Uh, and Michael Redding, the wide receiver. I thought Jalen Rivers exceeded my expectations. Um, I thought he, he, throughout the week, was one of the best offensive linemen there. And it was a pretty deep and, and strong offensive line group. Um he was very good in one-on-ones from what I saw. I, I was out there on Sunday night. Monday, I was there as, as well, and I saw him beat five-star defensive lineman Jordan Birch a few times. To me, the thing that stands out about Jalen is he's kind of slimmed down a, a little bit and, and kind of toned the body. Um, if you remember him, if, if anyone out there has ever seen him, I mean, he's a guy who's visited for three years now. But back when he was like a, a sophomore and a junior he, he was a little bit more uh, baby fat could be a word or, or there was more flab, but he's really reworked that body. And I think he could, he could honestly be uh, a, a right or left tackle at Miami. So I thought he was very good uh, in that game. I talked to some coaches um, who, who are working for Under Armour and, and they kind of echoed that statement. They said they thought he was the most impressive lineman. Um, uh, I think he was on team Savage. So, he stood out to me. I don't know if you could you see that uh, when you watched the game. Yeah, I saw him. It was kind of hard to key in on. I mean, the jerseys aren't easy to see numbers and all that, and you never oh, yeah, know, I know when guys are going to be in. But yeah, I I was able to follow him a little bit, and I thought he played pretty good in the game. Um, do you think? Do you think he can play as a true freshman? Yes. I'll say, I'll say, and this is why, because I think he's way more um, technically developed than Navon Donaldson was. Uh, I think he's also got a better body than Navon Donaldson was. And remember, Navon played in this exact same game, what was it, three years ago? Um, he, he's much further along than Cleveland Reed, John Campbell, um, Zion Nelson. Like, I, I, I think there's a good chance he'll play. I know you said. He projects as an offensive tackle, in, in your opinion, down the road. Do you think next year he could start as an offensive tackle, or do you think he starts his college career inside and then eventually kicks out to tackle? I, my guess is that it's going to depend on what type of offensive scheme they have. I, why, why not try him at right tackle? I mean, if we looked at the outlook for this offensive line, I know – it's a common thing on, on our message board. People want to bench Zion Nelson, but you know, you went through the growing pains with Zion Nelson. Like I think he's your left tackle for the next couple of years. So I, I don't think they'll start him off on the left side. 
I, I don't know what you do at, at on the right side. Uh, I thought John Campbell had his moments there, um, but he played there in the bowl game. So I, I think Jalen could potentially compete for that that right tackle spot or, or or maybe one of the guard spots. What do you think? Yeah, I just think to me, DJ Scaife has been good enough at right tackle. I wouldn't mess with that anymore. I would just roll with him at right tackle. And I would have Jalen Rivers compete for one of those inside, you know, one of the guard spots. Um, but, you know, look, I'm sure Jalen will get looks at right tackle because I'm with you. Like, I think Zion Nelson, they're just riding it out with him at left tackle because, you know, what was the point of playing him this year if, if you're not going to have him take his lumps and try and learn from it? Uh, moving forward um but yeah I I think look offensive tackle as a true freshman is extremely hard to do and so I think it would be the most fair thing to work Jalen Rivers in uh as, as a guard during his first year and then you know maybe as he shows he can handle that role you try and kick him out eventually down the road as a right tackle uh, that's a good point. I mean, to be honest, I totally forgot about DJ Scaife on, on the roster. So, I, yeah, I, I could see Jalen, um, I, I guess, re- pushing for the right guard spot with, with John Campbell there um, or just be kind of becoming that sixth lineman that can maybe do it all like John Campbell did this past season. Because I think Ja'Kai Clark will probably be your left guard and Corey Gaynor will be your center as well. I think, too, it's worth remembering there is a chance that Miami has a new offensive line coach. So who knows what, if that does happen, who knows what the new offensive line coach values and his players and all this could get blown up once again. Um, But I think it is fair to say Jalen will be in the mix to play as a true freshman in some capacity. Absolutely. That, I mean, that was honestly probably my biggest takeaway coming out of the game. Um, not sure you saw much of Daz Worsham. My first thought there is uh, not the biggest kid. Definitely yeah. going to need to get in that weight room with David Feely. And the good news is, you know, he enrolls early and starts classes in the in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think he was targeted twice during the game. Didn't wasn't able to come down with anything. If you're going to ask me for like a roster comparison, I think I would say think like Mike Harley. Um, but maybe not as as quick as him. Um, okay. That 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 would be my comparison with him. Like he's a slot guy in, in my eyes. I, I'm still interested to see. I, I would expect a red shirt there. Right. On the other side, Michael Redding. You know, he's like he's a, a plus athlete. We know that just based on his testing numbers. But what I like about him is I think he's gonna be a leader. Um, I think he's got some like KJ Osborne esque traits in him in terms of just putting in the extra effort. Um, and I think he's going to be a special teams guy right away. So he's another early enrollee. I think he was targeted once in the game, and it was a pretty bad drop. I mean, it hit him on his hands over the middle. He probably would have been lit up by the safety. But I thought he had a good week. Just the game really didn't go how he wanted it to, and I think that was a bit of a bit of a result of just a bad quarterback play does does Miami have a uh, receiver on the roster right now that 
has a similar skill set to him, or is he bringing kind of a, a different skill set that is needed on this offense? Uh, I don't I don't have a comparison for him yet. Um, I just think Miami just needs receivers, really, uh, and especially if they go spread, right? So, I, I mean, I don't I don't I don't really have one. I, like KJ Osborne would be the one, just because I don't think KJ's a burner. Um, I know. Redding has a, a really good time on, on the lasers in the 40-yard dash. I think it's somewhere in the 4-4 range. But in pads, he just doesn't seem to be a burner either. So, Is he kind of like a physical jump yeah. ball type guy? Yeah, he is. But he's not 6'3 or 6'4. But there was an instance in practice when he did go up and kind of win a ball in the red zone. And Miami doesn't have that. Right. You know. Wiggins is tall, but we haven't seen him go up and, and really high point a ball. And I think that's something they honestly missed this season on offense. Right. I agree. Body. I agree. What What would you say is the biggest thing Redding needs to work on? Creating separation and uh, hands. <laughs> yeah. There's there's some occasions where he he has some some drops on, on which should be should be should be some easy ones. And then, you know, with Jalen Knighton, what what did you see from him during the week when he was participating? He's fast. He's quick. I mean, it's so hard in these practices to really evaluate running backs and whatnot. And just based on what we've heard out of the other All-Star game, the uh, All-American game out in San Antonio where Don Chaney is, it seems like Don is this powerful back with with. with uh, a, a second gear that can get into that second level. And I, I think Knighton's a, a bit of the opposite. Um, you know, he'll hit you, but he's more of a, a scat running back and um, a, a guy who, whose lateral quickness is, is there. And we saw that a few times during the practice session. So I think they're going to complement each other really nice, really nicely, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think Miami's going to try to be a, a featured back with either one. They're just going to kind of, um, play both of them and it's becoming more and more clear like one of these guys is going to have to play uh this season right yes i agree i think probably both to be honest was there was there any recruiting stuff coming out of under armor with with some of the guys that were there that uh, haven't signed yet or is miami just not in the picture with that level of kid right now um there was only oof, i think like on our list, there was three uncommitted, uh, unsigned kids there, right? And the only one that had really been linked to Miami was Avante Williams. Um, I wrote a recruiting insider. I I think on New Year's Day, what was that Wednesday? Uh, I've moved my crystal ball forecast off Miami and, and to Florida for him. His cousin's obviously Lorenzo Lingard. He's headed to Florida, so. It just seems like it's either going to be Florida or maybe Ole Miss or, or Georgia or LSU. You know, he's talking with the Hurricanes, but doesn't have an official visit set up. And um, yeah, I mean, he's got he's got visits locked into Florida and Ole Miss. So I, I just it's hard to project Miami closing with a elite blue chip talent uh, after a six and seven season. I know I'm. I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot right now, but who, like, what are the positions that we know that Miami's kind of trying to pursue for the February signing day? 
cornerback for sure. We know that they're they're going to go try to find uh, at least one more high school cornerback. I think there's a chance they could try to get involved with a, an edge rusher. Demon Clowney's a, a name that's been mentioned in the past. I think on this podcast, um, offensive line graduate transfer is going to be the focus, but. I could see them going for another high school guy. And again, that's probably going to come down to what the uh, new offensive staff wants. You know, who knows if Butch Berry is going to be retained. If I'm a betting man, I would assume he's not. Um, so those are the, those are the positions. Linebacker is a possibility. Sounds like graduate transfers more, more realistic there. So it's really probably three positions and then maybe best available. So it sounds like really at the high school level, they're probably just looking at corner and then the rest of the positions are probably just graduate transfers yes. for the most. Okay. Right. Unless, unless something changes. Right. You know, dramatic roster which, attrition, which makes sense because I mean, honestly, at this point, what is left out there with high school kids in terms of talented enough, uh, that where Miami should pursue them. And then also, like, the guys that are talented enough, you would have to assume other big-time programs will be chasing them, too. Right, and it's going to be different than last spring in terms of how Miami had all that momentum with the new Miami. I mean, they went and got Christian Williams. Um, Gerard Harrison Hunt was another. Like, they, they had a lot of momentum. And the reality is, right now, Miami does not have much of anything really going for it on the recruiting front. Last thing let's touch on with Under Armour was Ed Reed was a coach. Uh, you know, how was that just observing him in that role during the week? It was pretty cool. I mean, I tried to interview him. That didn't happen. He's a very busy guy, uh, as you could imagine. But for all the fans out there that have dreamed and, and wanted him on staff, I think this kind of showed just what, based on what I saw, that like he could be a college assistant coach at, at some point down the line, if that's what he wanted to do, wanted to do, excuse me. I mean, he kind of took the safeties under his wing in, in practices and was directing them and, and instructing them. I, I don't know if he was technically the position coach, but like that meant he was aligning Avante Williams a lot um, in the game. You could tell he didn't want to lose. He was working the refs uh, a lot. So, it just sucks if you're Miami um, that you have arguably one of your most notable uh, alumni coaching in that game when there's really just not a lot of uncommitted kids where, where that could work to your advantage. But um, I, I thought it was cool, better than doing like some retired NFL coach like they've done in the past. So yeah, uh, I'm, all, I'm all for it. Hopefully they kind of keep him involved or, or just rotate notable guys like that. Yeah, the TV broadcast definitely showed him having fun, and he was showing his personality a little bit. So I definitely thought it was cool seeing him interact with the high school kids and have fun out there, too. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I, mean, I Like, I, I don't know. If that's something he wants to do, I definitely think he could be a college coach. Yeah, I mean, it, it come, like you said, it comes down to does he want to do that, and you know, look, these guys that have had good NFL careers have made plenty of money. So do they really want to work and recruit, you know, 17, 18-year-old kids? To me, no, they don't. <laughs> but maybe he does. I mean, it would be cool if, if he did come back to Miami and coached one day. 
All right. Anything else you got? Nothing else. Uh, just, you know, I'm sure we'll definitely see some more offensive coordinator names bubble up here in the next few days. And, you know, I think, like we said earlier, within the next week, hopefully this offensive coordinator is in place and things are kind of taken off and running in terms of chasing down graduate transfer quarterbacks and offensive linemen. So stick to the website. As always, January is a busy time with coaching changes and, uh, and there's still a signing day happening. So, you know, we'll keep you up to date. All right, guys, that'll do. We'll talk to you later. Take care.